Well, hello again, awesomers. It's me. It's your old buddy, Steve Simonson. And we're back again with another awesomers.com podcast episode. Uh, we are in the heart of our Founder Foundations mini-series, and we're now into the finance section uh, or module, if you will. And we we just did a financial overview in our prior episode. So if you haven't listened to that, it's probably worth doing. Uh, but today we're going to get into what we would think of as our accounting systems, right? What is your what is your raw financial system for basically keeping score? Now, all of your financial activities, all the things that you do are tracked somewhere. And I'm old enough to remember when people would keep track of this stuff literally in writing. And that's where the old phrase general ledger came from, right? You would You would show in your general ledger Cash in, cash out, you know, uh, notes payable, notes receivable. And honestly, I owned businesses in the late 80s, early 90s, where we would make physical copies of invoices. I know this may sound nuts to any uh, Gen Zers out there, perhaps even some young millennials. But, you know, the idea of doing business on paper and then having to track that stuff in an accounting system was it was not a vague idea. It was the reality. That's what we lived in. <laughs> hey, for those keeping score at home, I also used a typewriter to make some of those documents. You can look up what that is, kids, on your own time. So today, we don't have to worry about all of those you know, vague uh, nuances, uh, the, the concepts of, well, I need a written general ledger. I need a you know, uh, accounts receivable system, like it's most accounting systems are already made for you. And they're, they're done according to called gap standards, uh, general, uh, general applied accounting. No, excuse me. Gap means general accepted accounting principles. That's uh, the gap style. Uh, and, and there, that generally falls into two categories. One is called cash accounting and one is called accrual accounting. Now, fundamentally, there's there's reasons people operate in each of those, and there are pluses and minuses to each. But as you grow, you will find that you will almost always end up in accrual uh, because its ability to track things in a more comprehensive way. There are some ultimate you know, downsides of tax and upsides of tax. But let's just say as you get big, you're going to go accrual. And for that reason, maybe you should start with accrual uh, just so you don't have to deal with it. Uh, I will give you a giant asterisk. I first learned about a little topic called phantom profit, everybody. We were on a an accrual accounting, and boy, it certainly, certainly felt cruel at the time. And we had bought some equipment, um, but this would apply if you bought inventory. And so we had no money. And tax, you know, the CPA did the taxes, and they said, hey, you owe you know, let's say $25,000. I'm, I'm pulling some number out of random, but it's on scale. And it's like, well, we don't have $25,000. We have no money. This business is not making money. Uh, what do you, how is this possible? And they said, no, no, the business made money and you use that money to buy inventory or equipment in, in my case. And, uh, and now you got to pay the tax man because you bought $100,000 worth of equipment and that was profit that you used from your net proceeds of your cash flow. So pay up. 
And I, I just struggle with it. I just, I'm like, what? I, I, I don't get it. This is painful. And ultimately they said, this is, the, you know, hey, little buddy, Steve, this is, this is what we call phantom profit. Uh, because you're on a cruel system, you're spending, you know, you're able to spend that money, but that's not deductible right now. It's not an expense as we sit here today. And that would have been expensable in a cash accounting scenario. I'm not advocating which one you should be on. I'm just telling you the ramifications of each in that particular little story. Uh, fundamentally, you know, your you and your CPA can make the decision on how you want to set up your accounting. It's probably going to be on accrual, uh, especially if you want to get big, because you can control and you can time things, I think, uh, to a much higher level. That means you're also going to have a chart of accounts, everybody. A chart of accounts is going to be part of your process. You're going to, you know, set up, you know, the various classes in your chart of accounts. And there's many of these chart of accounts that will come standard with any sort of accounting system. So whether it's zero or QuickBooks or parsimony, there's kind of standardized chart of accounts that are available, some of which will be more customized than others or customizable uh, for your business. As an example, for customization purposes, in parsimony, uh, we make sure that we do a lot of work so that you're, you can see subsets of all of your uh, expenses for Amazon. If you just enter the Amazon income as one line and Amazon expenses as, as another line, you're not managing all of those little tiny sub factors that we know are so important. And so how you set up your financials, whether it's in the chart of accounts or cost centers, all of these things are important and reasonable uh, for you to consider. Uh, one other quick note about accounting systems. QuickBooks and Xero are super uh, easy to use. I uh, have used them. Uh, most of the time we would use them in the old days uh, until we passed too many transactions for them to handle. Like we literally just outgrew QuickBooks and it's like, this won't work anymore. And so we're like, all right, forget the transactions. Let's just do batches. We thought that would be better for us. And fundamentally, it was necessary. And then we maximized too many transactions for that too. Uh, and we weren't getting the level of detail we really wanted out of our uh, full-on accounting system. So the, the one of the, the factors in those things that make them so nice is that they're really easy to change. If you put in a check and you're like, oh, no, I, that, I made a mistake or I canceled that check, you can just click delete and it's gone. Um, and there are some aspects of it that make it a little bit more, you know, you can, instead of hitting delete, you might be able to hit cancel and still show it in the system and so on and so forth. But it's, it really is quite a, uh, uh, let's just call it a non-auditable system. Uh, there are other systems in NetSuite, Parsimony, uh, any real advanced accounting that will be called double entry accounting. Like, uh, that ledger, things go in, and then some other uh, corresponding transaction has to show as well. You can't just delete something. It, it can be canceled, and it can show as this was entered, and then it was canceled, but it'll all be in there, and it's all auditable. Uh, as you grow your business, you're going to find gaps in your systems. You're going to find even potential for uh, theft or fraud in your company, and your accounting system is what can help you stay on top, not just of your business performance, but avoid any little gaps in wh whether it's fraudulent or just sloppiness. 
I remember a buddy of mine, we went over to his company in uh, England and I had a couple of my folks and we, we did some uh, kind of systemization uh, analysis and they were probably doing, let's say 30 or 40 million pounds uh, per year at the time. And we've basically found like, you know, you've got this, this one process, this one system here that is close to 50,000 pounds per month that you don't really know how you're spending that money. And it turned out by them getting a handle on that and understanding that and measuring it and putting accounting systems around it, they were able to basically offset that entire expense, pushing it upstream to vendors and controlling some of the downstream core costs. So they both reduced the cost and they pushed the net costs upstream, essentially nullifying that and bringing back an extra you know, 600,000 pounds of core profit dollars. And for those, anybody who ever expects to sell their business, that then becomes a part of your multiple, right? That 600,000 is now times two or five or 10 or whatever your multiple is. And so that that's real tangible um, operational performance. And again, that comes from having a good accounting system to track all the stuff that we do and then make those things, all those data points uh, actionable. Uh, I would highly recommend having a good, solid uh, accounting person on your team. And we've had very good success hiring top-level finance people. I'm talking about people already with CPA degrees or already with experience at one of the big four accounting firms. Uh, we have found wonderful, wonderful, great talent at relatively affordable levels, right? Everybody has to determine what their level of comfort is. But you know, significantly below what you would say the same talent would cost, you know, in Canada or US or England or what have you. Yet we're offering them a great remote position. So they're winning and we're winning by being able to bring that great talent into the fold, even though we couldn't afford that same level of talent if we had to buy local. This is one of the great things about having a, a global or remote workforce is you can find the best people anywhere in the world you can then fold them into this accounting system. Ideally, it's cloud-based, it's multi-user, and that everybody has their own roles and permissions that you're managing. This is so, so important. So not only do you have somebody on your staff, but then you want to have a good CPA that's the external person that they look at you quarterly or at least annually to do your taxes. Um, I generally will, I mean, I will never do my own taxes because I... I want somebody who knows what they're doing and who's keeping up on all that stuff to do it for me. And that goes in whatever geography we're in. There are experts in all of those categories and your time should be much more focused on company strategy. It should be focused on the performance of your, you know, not just marketing, but operations and, you know, finance people to, you know, really to develop your team and then delegate all the stuff that you're not an expert at. Now, again, if you even if you're an expert CPA, you should know wasting your time doing your own taxes is not part of what makes your business grow. It's not leverageable. It's not something that's going to have high ROI. So selecting your accounting system is more than just what that software is. It's also how often are you looking at it, at least monthly, right? There should be a monthly process where the books are finalized, closed, and then presented all the financial statements to the 
appropriate parties, whether that's just the the owner or whether it's to the 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 C-suite, right? Maybe you've got the CFO and um, CEO and COO. Maybe those are three positions that you've hired to work for you. Or maybe they're just called, you know, finance manager, uh, marketing manager, operations manager. And those are the people that work for you. It, it doesn't really matter the titles. In fact, I would strongly caution you against title inflation. And we can talk more about that in the future. This is more about finance instead of HR. My point today, everybody, is when you start thinking of financial foundations, the fundamental aspects of that, you must get a good system under you. And you don't have to do it in paper. You don't have to think about what a general ledger is or any of these details. You just got to select something that can carry you forward and that you can commit to learning and understanding. Uh, and I will just throw in a little uh, a little love here. If you haven't checked out parsimony.com and you don't understand how it's a business operating system that includes apps like finance and it includes apps like you know CRM and, and other apps to, to manage you know lots of different parts of your business, then you haven't yet uh, had the opportunity to, to have kind of the curtains drawn back and you go, holy crap, an entire platform, a business operating system that I can just focus on the apps that matter the most to me. That's the power of parsimony. And it's something that uh, I believe in. And well, frankly, it's something that we started developing over 20 years ago. And it has served us extraordinarily well along the way. The best part of that news is since about 2018, we started engineering it so it can serve you too. And uh, you can go check it out at parsimony.com right now. Uh, so that's it for me today, everybody. Please uh, you know, do the uh, comments, like, subscribes. If you find value in this, go ahead and leave a nice review. Five stars, baby. Don't hold back. Let's give it all. Uh, all of those stars will be wonderful. And I uh, read those reviews and I appreciate them. And I want to just thank each and every one of you for your attention. And this is how the Awesomer Road is paved. It's in learning. It's in time. It's in participation. And you're right on that road with me. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.